This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, a new book, The Art of Clear Thinking, a stealth fighter pilot's timeless rulings for making tough decisions. Our very special guest, Hazard Lee. So basically, uh, Hazard, you're comparing uh, being a fighter pilot with being a morning disc jockey because it's, you know, tough decisions <laughs> nonstop. Is that what you're saying? Hey, you got it. You know, decision-making is something that we all can improve in. It's something that's not taught in schools. So, uh, yeah, I think anybody can learn from this book. The Art of Clear Thinking, one of the top fighter pilots in the world, teaches readers to make clear decisions in everyday life. Hazard Lee is arguably the top fighter pilot in the U.S. Air Force. Lee flies the F-35 Joint Strike Stealth Fighter, the most advanced. And by the way, I love this, by the way, Hazard, the most advanced and expensive fighter jet in the world. Don't be, don't be uh, putting dents in that hazard, all right? I know, it's pricey out there. Well, first of all, there are plenty of great pilots out there, so I wouldn't say I'm the, uh, the greatest fighter pilot. Uh, plenty of great mentors out there, but uh, yeah, it is an expensive jet, about $100 million a copy. Whoa. So uh, yeah, you definitely don't want to scratch it. Hazard, do you think this is a, a, as the world moves on with digital and all the rest of it, uh, making tough decisions... Has that gotten harder for people? I was just talking this morning because I'm in a different generation than, than Brittany and Rudy on the show with me. Um, uh, and they talked about there's a lot more to do now. They have to make a lot more decisions, this, that, and the other thing. It's a lot different than when I was their age. Is that one of the things? Is it very, very difficult to make tough decisions, much more so than it's ever been? Or what do you think about that, Hazard? It is getting more difficult. So. Yeah. One of the concepts I talk in the book is about prioritizing what's important versus urgent. And so if you can just do that, so if you grasp urgent versus important, you come up with four quadrants, you can increase your ability to prioritize by 60%. And there's a lot of urgent things out there, a lot of emails, meetings, notifications that aren't that important to your ultimate goal. So being able to have that tunnel vision to really focus on what's important is a critical skill. That plus decisions are becoming more important now. We're leveraging technology to help enhance and augment our decisions. So when I'm flying the F-35, I'm essentially in a suit of technology that is allowing me to be thousands of times more capable than I could be on my own. Same thing for all of us, though, when you're on your computer, your phone, your car, it's all helping you, and it's adding leverage to your decisions. So decision-making has never been more important than it is now. Yeah, I could see that being very, very true. Did you ever, like, take it over the top? I, I don't know. Are, are, are you a married guy? Are you with someone? Correct. I'm married with kids. Okay. I wanted, the reason I want to check at that, and does your wife drive once in a while? Because my, my wife always drives. Whenever we go somewhere, she always drives, and there's a reason for that. But uh, does your wife drive once in a while? Sure. Yeah, she drives. The only reason I'm asking you that, you, you got to do this for me, Hazard. When she, next time she drives, I want you to get in the car I want you to make sure that you're very demonstrative about putting on your seatbelt because you just don't feel safe with her driving. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not she, She's a good driver. She's a good driver. She's, she's so fine. My... Uh, you know, she has to drive with kids in the car. So, uh, yeah, that, that uh, you know, I, I have full trust in her. So. 
Good. See, now that's what we like to hear. There's no question about it. The art of clear thinking. How do we become... Now, one, one other question I have for you, Hazard. We're talking to Hazard Lee, ladies and gentlemen, about his book, The Art of Clear Thinking, a Stealth Fighter Pilot's Timeless Rules for Making Tough Decisions. How does, how does Facebook and, and Instagram and all these things, how does that enter into it? Because we didn't used to have to deal with some of the garbage we deal with right now. People going after each other and bad-mouthing one another, and it just... There's so much of that stuff right now. How do people get that out of their lives? Now, I don't go on social media at all, Hazard. I did for a while, but I hated it. I haven't gone on social media in 10 or 11 years because everybody's got an opinion about, uh, you know, you're talking about clear thinking here. Is it easy for the average human being in this world with all this digital, is it easy to be a clear thinker? It's, not, it's certainly not easy, but it's definitely a skill that you can get better at. And you're right, Good. with social media, our minds are cluttered, cluttered with all kinds of random garbage out there. So it's important to be able to distill what's important and what's not. And so I talk in the book about coming up with the expected value of your decisions and uh, different techniques for ways to, to be able to, to get rid of that noise and to really focus on the signal, what's important, what's going to achieve your overall uh, goals, or for us, when we're flying missions, overall mission success. And so I wrote the book really not just for pilots. I wrote it for everybody out there to be able to, to learn this meta skill to become a better decision maker. And so far, it's really been resonating, uh, resonating with uh, veterans. People are buying it with a Memorial Day coming up for, uh, for friends that they know who served. Graduations are around the corner, so people are buying it for people who are graduating. And Father's Day is around the corner, so people are ordering it for Father's Day because that's that's one of the most uh, important and toughest jobs where you have to be a clear thinker with minimal sleep. So that, you know, is a lot like uh, being a fighter pilot. You know, I think it's very, very important what you're talking about, Hazard, because a lot of people do avoid making important decisions, and we cannot go through life avoiding making, uh, you know, important, tough decisions. So I'm really glad you put the book out. I think people could learn a lot. It's part of what you need to do to live a good, happy life. Because if you keep ignoring the problems, they're never going to go away, correct? Correct, yeah. And to your point, no decision is a decision, and it's usually the, one of the worst things you can do. So make a decision yeah. and move on to the next one. We have so many that we have to make out there. If you can just put some behind you, you can make significant progress. Too often people get paralyzed by all the choices we have, especially in the modern world where uh, you have ton of, tons of dating options, tons of products out there. It's easy to uh, to have analysis by paralysis, so you need to be able to uh, to make that decision, move on quickly. I love it. I love it. And I love your descriptor, Hazard Lee, arguably one of the greatest fired pilots in Air Force history. That's a pretty important title you got there, Hazard. I, I have to disagree with that. I, I'm a fighter pilot. I have plenty of uh, friends that are uh, amazing fighter pilots, so uh, I don't know where that came up came from, but uh, I like just being another fighter pilot out there with, uh, with my friends. I think it's a great... Uh, first of all, I really love the idea, Hazard, that you're putting this out. We're talking to Hazard Lee about his new book, The Art of Clear Thinking. Uh, I, I think more than ever, because, you know, Brittany, who's on the show with us this morning, Rudy's here, they talk about all the things in their generation that now get in the way, and being in my generation, because I'm about, you know, 30 years older than they are, I look back and go, yeah, we didn't have all these problems, all this, that. And I suppose even in the early 1950s, when people got TVs in their house, it confused them for a while. You know, it's how life changes. So I think it's very, very important that you uh, put out this book. I think it's a great idea. 
Well, thank you. I, I spent six years writing this book. At one point, over 500 days in a row writing it. I wrote every word in it and uh, extremely proud of how it turned out. The audio book, I read parts of it while flying, so first time in history uh, that anybody's done that for an audio book. So I'm really excited to, to get it out there and to make the world a little bit better of a place. No question. I know we only got about 30 more seconds with you, so I want to ask you, Hazard, what's it like you're sitting behind the wheel of a $100 million jet. You're flying through the air. How does that feel, man? It's got to be amazing. Well, it's, it's incredible. You are sitting on top of 40,000 pounds of thrust, and it's a roller coaster <laughs> that you can control. You can put yourself to sleep because it turns so fast. It can make you pass out. So, oh. I mean, it's just the, the craziest hot rod you can ever imagine. Please come back, Hazard. I'd love talking to you. And, I, and again, thank you for putting this out. We need to think more clearly as a society. The art of clear thinking as stealth fighter pilots, timeless rules for making tough decisions. We all have to make them. So I, I appreciate it. And thank you for the book. Thank you so much, Hazard. And I, I'm a little annoyed with you. I was in the Army, and I, when I found out what a, a Air Force base was like, I'll never forgive you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they all have golf courses. I hate you. <laughs> so I was like, well, I was an idiot. Why would I go Army? So thank you so much for your service. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. I love, thank, oh, there he is. He's had to go. But I love his line. Yes, we all have golf courses. Oh, <laughs> when you find out the lies you're told in the Army, you go, oh, Air Force is garbage. You don't want to be in the Air Force. Be in the Army. And you, you just talk so much crap about the other, uh, you know, um, forces and then you find out you go oh my god they have beds and they have beds like pools and community (laughs) centers and i'm like i'm out here living in a tent in kuwait what the actual hell he was terrific i thought he was a very good guest yeah he's cool worked out really really well and and you made a huge uh, mistake huge mistake way to go to this day typical i like nice things why was i in the army (laughs) I don't like this now. I'm looking at the screen, and it says Tom, and then next to that it says Brittany, and then next to that it says Rudy, and then next to that it did say Big Fat Jerk when Chris Eggert was on, and now that it's Judd, it's Sports Dad. <laughs> How do we make big, that uh, switch? Big big Fat Jerk? Is That's that what, what it said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Him I love I, that guy. Him and I, I got too. in a fight yesterday, and I uh, that was his uh, version of apologizing. And then I offended him today, so I think we're even. <laughs> me and Chris Eggert, I roller coaster of emotions. Go. How did you manage to get in a fight with one of the nicest people I know, yes, Brittany? exactly. Okay, he, because well, I was looking at Tom while he's telling me a story, and he's like, Brittany, are you bored? And I was like, what? It was pretty much a, hey, you need to smile more moment. Um, and then he came in, and then I called him Derpy today, and that didn't go over well. So Derpy. We're feuding. It's fine. We'll figure it out. I like out. it. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what der- I did not know what Derpy meant. I have no idea. What, what does it mean? So I guess it's a goofy, silly. The thing is, too, is he's such a contrast to what you think he's going to be like. He's a great guy. Yeah, but you see him, and he's is this, like, attractive, tall, serious newsman. And then he comes on our show, and he's so fun and silly great and guy. doesn't take himself serious. And there's, like, a derpiness to him. And I refuse to <laughs> expand on that. I'm still confused. I'm more confused now than I was when I was told I was going to get the definition of derpy. I have that effect on men. You should be in Studio A. Believe me, it's all day, every day. It's unbelievable. It's a disaster.
I've got a quick question too, though. All right. What What is the whole thing? And I've never gotten this. What is the thing with our society and the male species who want women to smile more? What is that all about? I don't. It's happened to me constantly. Constantly smile, smile. I mean, in radio, especially radio. Why do I? What do I need to smile for? And then you're on camera. The military. But I just go. That's a good look. I don't know what it is. It happens and used to happen more in public in my twenties. Was smile, smile. Oh, you should smile. Like what? I have no idea. Well, that just happened to me last night. As a matter of fact, Uh, I came home after making that appearance. Got home about nine o'clock, and and Catherine said, "Why aren't you smiling?" And I said, you've been seeing what the twins are doing? That's why I'm not smiling at pain in the ass team. I hate them. They're driving me nuts right now. Judd, what am well, I going to do? Um, nothing. They, they should be. Like, what they're doing, I, I don't get it. You lose. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I thought last week, and we talked about this, the Dodgers series, mm-hmm. they lost to a three, but I thought it was enjoyable, entertaining. Yes. Yep. And they definitely, you know, they definitely – could have won game one. They basically blew game three. But since then, they're playing like a bunch of idiots. It's terrible. They lose two of three to the Angels, who, by the way, are okay, but they're not that good. Mm-hmm. And then last night, Ober gets off to a bad start. But you know what? He came back and pitched well. They can't score runs. And explain this one to me, too. So the Giants, Tom, go with the opener. So they pitch the get. They, their starter goes one inning, which the Twins knew that guy would be gone quickly. Yeah, They start Julian and Kirilov, but the Giants go from an opener who is right-handed to Sean Manaya, who is a southpaw. Julian never gets an at-bat, I don't believe. And Al- and here's the one I really don't get. Alex Kirilov, who is one of the best hitters on the team, yes. and I know he's a left-handed hitter, uh, and I know that you know the old-school philosophy is you prefer a right-handed hitter against a left-handed pitcher. They take Kirilov out, though. After one at bat, he's one of their best hitters. I I tweeted about this. I like. I was waiting for somebody yeah. to give me a logical, okay, this is the thing. Nobody could. It was unbelievably stupid. I couldn't argue with one thing you just said. I, I, am, I just don't understand. Our middle relief is horrendous. Mm-hmm. And our clutch hitting has just completely disappeared. They are five for forty-three this season <laughs> with the bases loaded. I know. It's like what? And one walk. So oh, five. God. For, you have to work to go five for forty-three. There's something like zero for nine, I think, with the bases loaded and nobody out. Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, last night, I took my daughter to the game last night. A bunch of us were there. And first inning, Giants go up 4 nothing, And then oh, it's basically God. just a snooze fest all the yep. way up until the eighth inning when yep. the Twins have uh, – they, they hit a home run, I think, in the sixth inning. And they got – and we get to the eighth. You got a guy on first, a guy on second, and the tying run – or the go-ahead run is at bat. Right. There's, two, there's yep. I think, two outs at the time. And uh, the guy sitting next to me, Twins fan, was like, all right, guys, here we go. Come on. Listen, all we got to do is get this one. We're going we're gonna to win this game. It's in the eighth. Come on, you guys got this. And the guy sitting next to him goes, they'll blow it. And the guy's like, come on, that's ridiculous. That, yeah, that's not gonna, we got this. We got this. You hear the crack of the bat. Three seconds later, the players are clearing off the field, and the guy's like, son of a bitch. You, you weren't kidding, man. I was like, yeah, obviously. I don't even know why I was at the game. 
Yeah. <laughs> Driving me nuts. Mm. I love that team, and they're pissing me off because they're making really stupid mistakes. And their division still stinks. I know. Like, they have terrible. every opportunity. I, I'm not yep. even saying that they have to go on some big winning streak, okay? But win some series. You know, win That'd two of three against the yeah. Angels. Win two of three, and they still can, against the Giants. That's mm-hmm. the thing is, is this is such a blown opportunity to have a huge lead. You're right. You're and I'm with you. Right. I just, it's it's very, very frustrating. It's one reason I'm, I'm glad I didn't get home till 9 o'clock so I didn't have to watch the game. Honestly, you would have God. been swearing a few times, dropping a few F-bombs at that TV for sure last night. No question about that. So I want you to know that uh, you and Phil's names came up. I did, did an appearance last night. It was a, uh, three uh, 18-year-olds got scholarships for college, which was nice. very cool. I, and uh, I introduced all of them, got to do a little talking, had, had just a great time. And your names did come up, um, everybody on the show, as a matter of fact. Uh, so, oh, the one thing they asked me, because I'm going to be on uh, Souchere's show on, th- is it tomorrow or Thursday? It's one of those days. Either tomorrow. Are, is that on the books? Yeah. Okay, cool. I had like three people ask. And yeah, I was I'm going to be on Joe's Ricky. show. And then not, they want me to be on your show, too, so we're going to have to work that out. Nice. I mean, if you want to, you don't have to. Yeah, have abso- me on. absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. What, talk to Phil about it whenever it works for you to be good. But, they, yeah, they just thought that I should go on tour with all the people I work with. Absolutely, yes. They yeah, love in, the show, in fact, man. we we can all bitch about the twins because they deserve it. <laughs> yes, they do deserve it. I got to take a very quick break. Be right back. You got till uh, till forty today. Uh yes, I yes, thought sir. so. I wanted to make sure. We'll be right back. More right. with Judd Zolgad. Ah, score north. That's all I have to say. Be right back. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Hi, this is Tom Bernard. If you've been listening, you know I'm a fan of Nissan vehicles. I own an Altima. My son and daughter-in-law both own Nissans, and we bought them all at Walzer Nissan stores here in the metro. They hang their hats in Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids. So why is Walzer different than other Nissan stores, and why should you absolutely go there this month? Tell them I personally sent you to lease or buy your next vehicle. First, there's Walzer Care, a complimentary powertrain warranty that will keep you covered for miles to come for free at Walzer Nissan. This month, you can score 0% financing for up to 60 months on select Nissans, or you can lease the 2023 Nissan Pathfinder S for only $269 a month. You'll need to tell them you want the Tommy B deal, of course. That's understood. So, not just Nissan, but Walzer Nissan, Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids. Don't forget to let them know the Tom Bernard family sent you and ask for the Tommy B 
deal. Go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. Two sixty nine per month for twenty four months. Ten thousand miles per year. Fifty nine hundred do it signing. Vin PC two six one seven two five. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife Mary when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work related injury and have Dave represent you. I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it. That Bialki Law to set up a free initial contact consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. All right, Judd, you're putting on your clothes from last year. This is the real test of Livia. Have you been keeping the weight off? That's the most important thing. And yes, I have. And this is a program that is going to help you do exactly that. It's going to help you not only drop the weight, which is fundamentally the most important thing, but then also do what has been so difficult for many of us who have uh, gone up and down the scale, and that is to keep the weight off. And right now, if you join, you are going to get three months for free. That's right. So you are going to go into summer with the weight off, and then you are going to, as Brittany just said, keep that weight off. Here is the number, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. That is your ticket to weight loss. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back. Judd's all good with us, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to avoid talking about the twins because they really suck right now. But I adore my twins, but my God, I'm getting tired of them getting their ass kicked for no reason. Especially with the starting pitching being so good, right? Yeah, like that's, I, I agree. That's my whole thing. And yes, giving up a four spot in the first last night was far from ideal. But the thing about it is... Ober pitched really well after that, and four runs in the top of the first is not exactly difficult to overcome. That's the thing. Wait, you know, where right. are the bats? Right. Where are the bats? What is the problem? Do you, do you, I'm a longtime Twins fan, do you see what the hell this is all? What is the problem here? Well, so going into the season, I didn't expect them to be an offensive juggernaut. Right. But this is inexcusable. The problem is two things. One is we're now almost to June. And so for all those who say, well, the bats will come around, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but it's almost two full months. Like that's not two weeks. That's not a month. Mm -hmm. That's two months. So that's a problem. And then what you said in the last segment is right, too, which is this. They thought their bullpen was going to be a strength. Yeah, and their, yep. their bullpen has been a weakness. A lot mm-hmm. of guys who were pretty damn reliable, you know, Griffin Jacks last year um, have not pitched well. And you can torture the stats and say, well, you know, the hard hit rate, he's not getting lucky, blah, blah, blah. But he hasn't pitched well. Um, and so I think the bigger surprise in some ways, Tom, is the bullpen. Because yeah, I think yep. that there was a assumption coming out of spring training that that was going to be a strength. And with the starting pitching being this good, too, what frustrates me is they're allowing starters to go deep into games. 
So the bullpen's not exactly being taxed now. A year ago, it was always right. It was always, well, we're asking too much of the bullpen because the starters don't go long. So, right, right. Uh, I think I think Twins fans, to use your, your word, being pissed off is a very, very reasonable and fair thing. And you're still in first place. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just—that's the other thing. We're still in first place, but it, like I said last night, I got a, I, I took a gander at one of the TVs in the uh, at Greenhaven, which is where this event took place up there at Anoka. Beautiful golf course, great people. I mean, I, I had such a lovely night; it was unbelievable. Can't even tell you See, what a joey it was. That's perfect. That's perfect. You didn't have to put up with this baseball team, and you actually replaced it with something you had fun at. I did indeed. I did glance at the TV once, just enough to make sure that I didn't want to watch the end of the game. So that was good. It's like, my God, it's just painful for me because there's no excuse for this to be going on. None. No, no. And, And again, ideally, I think your lead should be right now, if you were playing... As well as you probably should be, it'd be seven or eight games, wouldn't it? No, no question about it. We should be eight games up. There's no question about that. This is this is how you this is how Cleveland comes around in like I don't know, late July, <laughs> oh, yeah. August, right? And now you didn't win these games that you should have won, and now they start you know potentially theoretically, they start to play well, and in September you're like, what happened? How did the Twins lose the lead? Well. Right. You didn't win games that you should have in April and May, and May especially. And they didn't learn anything from last year when that happened as well. We got to what? It was at about August before we tanked? Mm-hmm. It was, about, it was August sometime, right? It was. And, it was. And it's going to happen again if we don't do something. How much faith do you have in Rocco and, and this team as far as the – Management goes. I gotta, I gotta go along with your, your thinking on this one. I'm just assuming what you're thinking, but that's two years in a row your team has tanked when it shouldn't have. Rocco, you got to do something about this, otherwise you're gonna, he's gonna be the one to end up losing his job. We have a, a email that's in that same vein from Rocco, uh, from Chad. Does it say Tom F U? Is that it what says, it says? <laughs> it sounds like it's so funny. I was debating not reading it out mm-hmm. loud because it's definitely a little aggressive. And I go, you know what? It actually matches our tone. Okay. This is from Chad. Rocco is an absolute joke. Worst manager in Twins history. <laughs> Fire that bastard. <laughs> well, pardon me. Well, no. I was like just gonna write it back, and I was like, you know what? This feels like it fits. Chad, we love you, man. We love it's you, all, Chad. Don't go change it. Fire Chad that. coming in hot. Yeah, oh, love it's you, Chad. true. Though. It's just there's no excuse for this to be happening. No, we, no. We gotta figure this out. Although I'm gonna defend Rocco a little bit and say I think the worst managers in Twins history list probably would begin more along the lines of like Johnny Goral, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, Johnny Goral, there, there was a time. I don't know. It, it just, I get so excited every because it looks like they're going to be doing pretty well, and then they start off pretty well, and I'm like, oh, they're going to reel me in again, aren't they? They need Tom Bernard in oh, the yes. box seats near the dugout, recreating the passion he brought <laughs> to games at the Mets Stadium yes! in Metro. Those were the days, we baby. Need- we need Max Kepler threatening to kill you, but then hitting a home run because you've inspired him. Yes, Queen. Let's do it. Oh, that's happening. And we more need than to once. get that on video so that we can then have it go viral 
and you can be credited for the Twins' turnaround. You know how great that would have been if they had gotten Freddie Lynn throwing a bat at me on, on camera? You know how great that would have been? God, I'd, I'd have that showing at my house on a just a, a constant loop. loop. Or just like frame by frame in a picture frame <laughs> bat. <laughs> and it was all because he was wearing patent leather baseball shoes, and I said, nice shoes, Dorothy. Oh! He did not like that at all. He should have clicked well, his heels and gone he home. Should, he should have, exactly. That's pretty damn good. I like that line. Well, he had his, they were ruby red slippers. I mean, they, it was Dorothy. <laughs> it was all the way. I love that. God, Freddie Lynn. Jesus. Hell of a player. Great player. Okay, so how do we turn this around? Who, who can sit down with Rocco and go, Rocco, we're doing this, this, and this. How do we turn this around? Well, part of the problem is I think that... Falvey does exactly that. Like I've, I've, I've always thought that, unlike the old days with a guy like Mock, right, or something, or TK. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've always thought that the problem now is, is we blame Rocco, we blame the manager, but lots of times now it's the entire like infrastructure, right? Yeah. Like going through yeah. spreadsheets at two o'clock in the afternoon. I, I mean, Baldelli said last year, and this thinking has changed for the better, but. Baldelli said last year, essentially, he either slipped up and or tried to exonerate himself by saying, we make a lot of these, like, pitching decisions at 2 o'clock. So it's not just me. Yeah. It's Falvey and Levine, and it's the whole system. Um, But they have to, the first thing, I think, they have to shore up the bullpen to a certain degree. No doubt about it. That bullpen has to be changed. I don't know what the hell happened to Jax. He was great last year. This year, he's terrible. Relievers are some of the most, like, arbitrary. Like, they'll have great years, and then they'll have terrible years. But my thing is, you see, the baseball thing is, well, it's a long season, Tom, so you should have patience while Griffin Jax works through his struggles (laughs) because he's going to be okay. But you know what? Some years, you just have crappy years. Yeah, you do. You know? I mean, look at Brittany's career. Yeah, decades. Sometimes decades. a bad decade. Bad decade. It's unbelievable. She's on the right team, though, you see? There you go. <laughs> oh. She's on the right team. The Bernard oh. team, you see, that's her oh. genius. Yeah, I've been death gripping to those coattails for decades. <laughs> I'm going to call your mother and say that your name and the word genius came up in the same sentence. Beverly. Beverly will take it. Beverly would be, yes, she is my only fan at this point. She is my <laughs> biggest only <laughs> and only fan. Yeah. That's not true. People last night were saying nice things about you. How dare they? I said, are you? we talking about the same Brittany? <laughs> they said, yes. Tom's I think like, you are. people are great, but you're idiots if you think that. I mean, what terrible is taste. What's <laughs> wrong with you people? Uh, we'll get through it. The twins have been driving me nuts since I was nine years old. Yeah, they sure do give you a lot of emotions. They do. Um, but I, I'm here for it. I like seeing you revved up, and you and Chad are going to have to both get box seats. I think that's the conclusion. And yeah, we'll, Chad and I will get a box seat. That'll we're, be good. Where Tom Bernard Show will not be uh, insuring either of you guys. So Good idea. Good idea. Good uh, plan. But, yeah, <laughs> we got to go to a game. Just, look, when I was nine years old, we got a professional football team. Uh, was that little, so exciting when it, was it happened? Unbelievable. I mean, a nine-year-old boy get you get a to see that happen in your town. I mean, that must have been so exciting. Now I should mention a few years before that we lost the Minneapolis Lakers, so I wasn't wild about that. Although I was never, I was too young to be a basketball fan back then, so I remember them, but I was not a fan. 
and we didn't have a hockey team back then, so, you know. Did they come out right away and say, like, it's going to be the Vikings, or was it this whole reveal of what the name was going to be? Because I feel like that would have been exciting as well. That part was really, really cool. There were all of those things that went on, like before the, the Minnesota Twins came here from Washington, they were going to come here from New York. The Giants were coming here but then decided at the last minute to go to San Francisco instead. So then we went after the Washington team. What's so great about that is that that place over there where the Cooper Theater was Mm -hmm. is still to this day called Candlestick Park because that was going to be the name of the base, which it is now in in San Francisco. Yeah. Right? Well, that that piece of property is still called Candlestick Park because that's where the stadium was going to be. And, okay, now you know that I have – Peripheral knowledge of base or of, of sports. Mm-hmm. So, what was the name of the team, the, the Twins, before they got here? Because there's no way it was the Washington. Twins. What is it? National. What Sen- was it? Senators. Senators. Washington Senators. There you go. They were the Senators. That's right. And thank God we had the mindset like to change the names. Yeah, you don't want senators in Minnesota. No, no, but people do. They try to make it fit, and it always feels so weird. Like, I the love Lakers, it. Brittany. The Lakers doesn't fit L.A. at all. At all, like gross. Make it your the own. The Utah Jazz. Yeah. They, they were the perfectly named New Orleans Jazz. Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. a perfect name. Yeah. And when they moved in what time, seventy nine or something like that, they they remained to be the Jazz in Utah. What is there about Jazz that fits in Utah? <laughs> W- Not too much. I wonder, you know, if there's people like me who, uh, in other states when they hear the twins, if they don't know that what about the twin cities, you know, they just know. No, I think everybody knows that. You think so? Because I, I was going to so, say, yeah. what if there's people walking around in California going, man, they sure love, you know, dual children coming out of women, mm-hmm. like twins. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> I guess. But I mean, Never you got- thought of it that way, Brittany. Right. Shouldn't it be the Utah Mormons? The Utah polygamist it's didn't polygamist, the, that'd didn't, be good. didn't fit on the jersey, yeah. so yeah. yeah. That'd be good, What's the though. logo, Rudy? Oh, I think it's just, a, like, you know the bathroom when it says, like, a male-female? I think it's just one male, like a silhouette of a male, and then on either side, two women. I see. So it's yeah. like the, when you drive behind one of those vans that has the little yeah, like, yeah, family of yeah. stick people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> stick be, people. Yeah. Okay. Stick be oh you got to get going don't you? Ah uh, yes I do but this has been a great great end. It's <laughs> the polygamist. Deep that's thoughts. actually yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think it I is. I don't know if stick people works, but I do. I I like where you're coming from, and it fits a lot more than jazz ever did. That's mm-hmm. true. Okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna still give Rocco a chance, but Rocco's got to start doing something, or he is gonna lose his job at the end of the year. Don't you think? You and Chad are on this in the same boat. Oh, two years in a row, you dropped the ball. They haven't dropped out of first place yet, but if they stay on this road, they're going to be out of first place in the next two weeks. We just got news this morning <laughs> that at some point months ago or a year ago or so, Tom, that Rocco actually got a contract extension, and he is now and he is uh, signed through at least 2025. Through 25. Yes. Yeah, that's two years. Look, I don't mind a guy. I think he's a good speaker. Uh, TK, I love TK to this day, but my God, was he a terrible speaker. He was terrible at that. Nobody, though, my, speaking of that, what a great baseball mind, though. And and you know what? When TK was on the, at the time, Fox Sports North, he, he did, you know, a small amount, I don't know, five years back or so of games with Bramer. Yes, 
he mumbles and stuff. Yeah. But nobody taught you more. And he called and he called Dick Richard, which I absolutely adored. I thought that was the greatest <laughs> ever. <laughs> Richard. Well, Richard, there's uh, and you could tell at first Dick's like, I don't like this, but then it's TK. You can't tell him not to do it. One thing I got to tell you, Tony did the best TK impression of anybody I've ever seen in my life. I was talking to the players, and they told me. It was, God, it was a great impression. It was perfect. There's no doubt about it. All right, Pally, we will talk to you tomorrow. All right, take care. All right, thanks a lot. Judd Zolgad, ladies and gentlemen, score north. Um, this is uh, hopefully a good story, because I don't know her. I've met her a couple of times, as a matter of fact. don't really know Marnie Gellner. You guys know Marnie Gellner at all? Mm-mm. A little, little bit. A little bit? Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's about where I would be to a little, little bit. Marnie Gellner on overcoming breast cancer and her childhood TV fantasy. Uh, I do like her work a lot. and yeah. She had breast cancer, but she has recovered now, 100%, correct? It seems like, yeah. That's, uh, that's last I, hear, I read, huh? that she had um, in remission or whatever it's right. technically called. Michael Rand is joined by Bally Sports North host and play-by-play voice Marnie Gellner for a wide-ranging interview. Gellner, who revealed earlier this year that she had breast cancer but is now cancer-free, great news, talked about the struggle of dealing with that diagnosis and the good that uh, she tried to create from it in her own life for others, too. She also talked about her childhood dream of being a star on Saturday Night Live. She wanted to be on up there in North Dakota. She wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Big dreams. Uh, Her best memories of 20 years in the Twin Cities. So, uh, yeah, all the best to to Marnie. I don't really know Marnie Gellner. I've met her a couple of times, but uh, great story. Yeah. Breast cancer. I've only heard great things about her from people that have worked with her, which is, you know, that's pretty cool. Me too. I'm glad to see that. But that's, boy, that's got to be. And she's not very old. How old is Marnie Gellner? I don't even know. I I think she's like late 30s, early 40s. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. She's 49 years old. Oh, that's right. That's right. She was on TV talking about her 50th birthday next year. What? I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought she was. Yep. I thought she was younger than me. I agree with you. I thought she was literally in her thirties. Mm-hmm. She looks youthful. Yeah, we were at Joe Sensor's one night, about fifteen of us sitting around a table, and she was on TV. And somebody was like, "We started discussing Marnie Gellner and women in sports." And somebody was like, "I don't care what you guys say. You guys can take you know all the gals from ESPN. They don't hold a candle to Marnie Gellner. Ma- Marnie Gellner is not only d- smart, but she is one of the most beautiful women you will ever find on TV." And then I said, uh, "By the way, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but..." Marty Gellner's sitting right behind us. Oh, my God. And her and her, I don't know, must have been her husband and like six of her friends were out celebrating. I don't know if it was her birthday or somebody's birthday, but there was a big balloon that said happy birthday on it. And uh, meanwhile, and now we start going in our mind, we're like, did we say Did we say? I know. You, say? You, good oh, thing God. you were saying positive <laughs> things. There's nothing worse when you're like, she's all right, but. Yeah, right? Yeah. So. Uh I don't know. Like, like I, I just, I'm very, very happy that, and again, I don't really even know where I've spoken to her a couple of times, but that's always great news, man. I, that is so sad, people that young going through that uh, situation. Absolutely. And they say, um, if you can try to get your insurance to do two a year. Um, oh, really? Two a year? For, yeah. They, they technically say one a year, but if you can get two a year, um and then 3D imagery, or there's a, a terminology you have to drop mm-hmm. um, to get the one that really finds stuff. And insurance, you know, they'll drag their feet about it. But if you can get them, the doctors to say, well, you've got risk factors and stuff like that. Because uh, by the time you can feel a lump, oh, sure. it's 
it's it's it's it's not you're not in that great of a place. Right. I mean, of course, if you feel one, go in, but definitely they they're finding that the you if you go get mammograms, they can find it way early and it's it's technology's getting better and better, so. Your mammogram, boy. Mammogram. I knew you were going to say something like that. I love that so much. <laughs> Yo, mammy boy. I used to hear that all the time when I was at insult someone, joke around, and go, yo, mammy boy. <laughs> oh, really? Right. Is it my mammy? Your mammy. We go home and call toots. Hey, mammy, how you doing? Did you take that stuff personal at all when anyone say your mom? Because that was uh, my growing up. That you was like your... never did that in my neighborhood. You do not mess with mothers. But it's so funny because That's I true. don't, when I hear your mom or your mom jokes, I don't even think of my mom because it's so, no, I could it was that, so yeah. constant. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, You'd say, oh, your mom, and I would never think Beverly. <laughs> it would be like such a generic mom. Do you know about playing the dozens? You know what yes, that is? Yes, okay, yes, yes. Okay, now, in, when they used to play the dozens when I was a kid, they would always say, man, I don't mind playing the dozens, but no moms. No mom jokes. They would always say no moms if you're playing the dozens. Because people took that very seriously if you picked on their mother. They yeah. did not like that at all. Because dad know, wasn't around, I guess. You know, what's worse, you know, is <clears throat> telling somebody... Your triggers. Oh yeah, you don't want to do that. No, so it's so no, funny. No. You have to be like, oh, you anything's on the on the table because the moment you tell them that, when things really get heated, they're mm-hmm. gonna use that against you later. So it's like I would I'd be like, oh yeah, nothing. You can call me anything. You know, don't make fun of you know. I love when you talk about my unibrow or something like that because you know the moment. Ta-da! Do you know the poem? Mm-mm. Really? No. What poem? You want to play the dozens. Oh, yeah, I've heard, okay, yeah, I've heard this from you, but give it to us. I love it. You want to play the dozens? Well, the dozens is a game, but the way I do your mother's a goddamn shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be saying that to people either. No. Yeah, let's not talk about no. doing somebody's mother, no. shall we? I know, I like that. I do eight, too. Eight tips for parents and teens on social media use. We were just talking about this earlier. It just happens to be an article about it Perfect. in the Star Tribune, which I didn't even know about, actually. Dr. Vivek Murthy the U.S. Surgeon General is calling for immediate action by tech companies and lawmakers to protect kids and adolescents' mental health on social media. See, now, it is about time that they, they stepped up and did this. Yeah. Kids are just getting poisoned. Their brains are getting poisoned. But after years of middling and insufficient action by both social media platforms and policymakers, parents and young people still bear most of the burden in navigating the fast-changing, often harmful world of secretive algorithms addictive apps, and extreme and inappropriate content found on platforms such as Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. So what can parents and young people do now? The Surgeon General has some tips uh, for young people. Reach out for help if you or someone you know is being negatively affected by social media. Uh, I stay away from it, so I don't, I don't think I know anybody. Is anybody you know being affected by social media right now? I think everybody <clears> is. <throat> so it's that bad, huh? Yeah. I think if you go on social media thinking that that is your social interaction, that's not going to be good. I think that if you go on social media thinking that that's other people living their actual lives, that's not going to be good for you. Um, I think it can be very harmful also. It's like it's a very lonely world when you realize you look down and go, I've just been scrolling for an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've got a teen. Like, what are you doing? Uh, Like, what, what, 
what are the trends that you you're seeing? I have a team, but please remember, I'm a checked out parent. I <laughs> yeah, I'll pay I don't pay attention to any really of that. Nice. Uh, luckily, my daughter sees me because I am so heavily involved with social media yeah. that my daughter sees me, and obviously, the way to rebel is do a 180 from whatever your parents do. Right. Yeah. So right. my daughter has no interest in social media. She has an Instagram. She has a Snapchat. I I do check up on the because we're connected on Instagram, but every now and again I will check up on the Snapchat just to make sure everything is fine because last year we she started hanging out with a few boys Aww. and I was How like She's just about, she'll turn 15 oh, next, there you go. yeah, in like three weeks. She's a Gemini too. Oh, I had no idea. I'm telling you. But uh, she is, uh, uh, when she started hanging out with boys, I was like, let me see what's up with the Snapchat. Yeah. You know, just want to make sure everything's kosher. And then I saw what boys were sending to my daughter, and I'm like, oh, these these kids are morons. I know. It's just like up close, bad angles of their faces. Yeah. The, oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, does she have Be Real? Is that something she's into? I don't know what that is. So Be Real is an app uh, that's a social media app that will go off once a day, and you don't know when it's going to go off. And you have about, I don't know, let's say two minutes to post something, and it takes a picture from your front and back camera immediately, like once you decide to say, I'm going to get involved in today's Be Real. So let's say if it went off right now, I would take a picture of me and Rudy. Like, that's what it would show. It, was, it, it doesn't let you pick the situation. It doesn't let you edit the picture. And it kind of just shows what everyone's doing right at that moment. Hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah new, newer. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I would say a couple years old. Like, when I was in Concordia, every uh, Be Real was huge. Um hmm. I would say now it's like a teen thing, the be real. When they go off, you, everybody's like, be real went off, and they'll take their little be reels. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about know, at this point. I know, I know. Why does anyone go on TikTok? I don't understand that. Well, TikTok, it used to be, man, I would say out of all the social media, it was such a happy place. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I found myself enjoying it. But I have been now, I'd say the past like couple months, finding myself going, I need to set limits on that because... It's definitely, it, it's tricky. It's a sneaky one where all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, I went, I went to lay down two hours ago to go to bed, and here I am just going from video to video to yeah. video. And you don't find yourself, your happiness going up all that much. You know they're stealing your in information. Oh, I know. Why do you allow that? Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I don't think it's that crazy. All of them do it. Every all the social media, yeah, do but it. China's a big problem, and so I don't think by any means, to me, my information that I'm giving them, the things that I'm giving them, is all that valuable. Of the fact that they know that I love Vanderpump Rules, and yeah, but they can get all of your information from your account. I mean, that's the problem. I, I think all the social media's, uh, it's. It's not a great business model right. for the people. Right. I mean, for us users. I mean, that's why they call them users, right? That's the same as yeah. drugs. Yep. It's drugs and social medias. It's the it's the user. Right. Um, I don't like. I, I especially after having GoGo. I don't. I I got to get better, and I, I really am working on it. Is putting my phone away and putting it down. I wish everybody would. I I just don't like me on it. I don't mm -hmm. think I'm a more fun person. I don't find myself enjoying life more because I was on TikTok for an hour. And you be bringing up, oh, she's a Gemini too. Every time somebody does that, Steve Martin pops into my head. <laughs> what was it? He walks out on The Tonight Show and he starts talking about the astrological signs. He goes, 
Let's talk a little bit about these astrological signs. Let's see. I'm a feces. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Pisces, feces. Oh, totally. God, he's funny. The only one I know is Gemini because I am a Gemini. And so what I hear other people are, but all the other ones, I have no idea. I don't even know what my husband is. So I don't take it all that seriously. When's his birthday? November 4th. So he's a a feces. No, he's not. He's a Scorpio. (laughs) I think you're right. Yes, he is, because I'm a Scorpio. That's oh, yeah, 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 because you guys are right next to each other. Right. So Scorpio is supposed to be a stinger, or what the hell's that all about? I feel like the Scorpio makes sense for both of you. Oh, mm. in a very positive way, it sounds of like. Course. Oh, of course, and I will not elaborate. Let's see, I'm a feces. I still love it when he That's did that. So good. And he was very ser- had this very serious yeah. look on his face. If I'm a feces and you're a Virgo, do we get along? <laughs> yeah, That's the real that's question. That's exactly it right there. We have to take a break. Be right back and wrap things up right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here. Are you ready for some throttle therapy? Cruise the water in luxury on a brand new Bennington pontoon from Power Lodge. Enjoy sunset from the water, entertain the kids, and float on the lakes all summer long. It all starts at the Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge, with locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine of St. Cloud. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations. Your summer fun begins at Brainerd's newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. Enjoy the best days of summer on your your favorite lakes in a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Twin Cities newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge in Ramsey. With locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine in St. Cloud, and hundreds of Benningtons in stock across all locations, the Power Lodge is your destination before you hit the lakes this summer and cruise at sunset. Fun begins at the Lodge, the Twin Cities newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. Get some throttle therapy on land and water, millermarine.com and powerlodge.com, and you can tell them... Tommy sent you. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant for Bradshaw and Bryant. If you've been hurt in a car collision, it's traumatic enough. You don't need to waste time and energy on the legal stuff. Think of us as a partner who will guide you through the process. First off, you need to recover. But part of that is getting the compensation you deserve. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we'll work hard so you can get the rest you need during the trying months after a personal injury. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we understand how important it is to make our clients comfortable. So we build each client relationship on the pillars of honesty and transparency. Don't miss out on what's rightfully yours. We'll go to bat for you. For your free case consultation, please visit minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. I'm Mike Bryan. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to Bradshaw and Bryant. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant. 
Do you ever Google yourself? Are you happy with what you find? Or is it cringy? Are you a business owner or on your company's marketing team? How do you feel when you Google your own place? What do you see? A non-updated social media page you don't even remember making? Ads for your competitors? An old school website with outdated information? Hubbard Interactive can help. They can do it all for your business. They're a Google Premier Partner, so they can use search engine optimization to get your click results higher. They can build a 21st century website for you that communicates all the right things all the best ways. They've got a photo and video department to make your business look sharp, plus social media, influencer marketing, podcasting, and more. All the things that will make you a lot happier next time you Google yourself. Here's a Google search that you'll find rewarding. Hubbard Interactive. You can see all the marketing tools they've used on hundreds of successful businesses, including an extensive gallery of the great work they could help your venture with. HubbardInteractive.com. Building campaigns that connect. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. I still got to burn her for saying entirety. Entirety. That's entirety. Entirety. You don't say ritty. Say it again. Say the right, correct way. Entirety. Entirety. Not entirety. I, I can't tell a difference. Did pronounce it right, goddamn. There's another one I have trouble. Specific. I have a really hard time. I have to stop and say oh, specific. Specific. Because you say Pacific. I want to say Pacific. That's what everybody does. They say, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's very, it's very Pacific. So it's no. a hard one for me. It is for a lot of people. You're not the only one. There are certain words. I, don't, I suppose I get the problem with some words, but I can't think of what they are. I've noticed so many people saying associated. Associated instead of associated. Instead of associated. It's associated. Associated. Yeah. I would say associated. Yeah. And it's associated. I'll associated. never say that. Yeah. I'll never say yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, so, there's a lot of that going on. There, there's some, somebody adds a, almost everybody adds a vowel to one word. What the hell is it? And it doesn't belong there. Well, Nordstrom, that's a big one that people say Nordstrom's. Um, um, Nordstrom's? It's supposed to be Nordstrom. Yeah. And the name of the store. Another one people say, I couldn't care less. Or they say, I could care less. Yeah, I could care less, right. And you're like, okay, so like, you care a lot? So you care a lot. It's I, supposed to be, I couldn't care less. But there's they a lot say, of that. I could care less. Okay. That's true, they so, do. You're caring a lot oh, there? I know what it is. The word, and it drives me crazy because everybody does it. You know, my child's being a bit mischievous. Mischievous. It's mischievous. Yeah. It's not mischievous. I would definitely say mischievous. Everybody says mischievous. So now when do we accept that that's regional? Well, there's no I at the end there, so I don't know why they would want to do that. It's mischievous. V-O-U-S. Mischievous. See? I'm just now going to avoid that. There's a lot of that stuff, though. There are oh, a I know. lot of words like that that people mm-hmm. constantly like, mispronounce. I don't want to have to start this fight with you again. Uh-oh, here we go. But almond. I'll never say it almond. What is almond? I will never. Nope. No one ever is So you're going to fight with Miriam Webster over this one, huh? I feel like that bitch ain't that strong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could take well, it Well, that's nice. That's real. That bitch Miriam <laughs> Webster is all I have to say. One right hook. <laughs> She's out. I heard you bought the Sears building over in St. Paul. Is that true? Yeah, it's an investment that me and Justin decided to make. Glad to hear $7 million. Paid for an empty building that looks like it's going to fall over any minute. That was the best DMV you could go to. 
Over in St. Paul. Where? Oh, at Sears? Yes. It oh, had a DMV upstairs, and nobody knew about it, and it was awesome. You mean to get your license and stuff? Yeah. I never knew that. Yep. I had no idea that was a Great case. parking, really? and nobody was ever there. I don't understand to this day. So Sears was always in towers, like the big tower down on Lake Street. It's mm-hmm. Lake and just off of Chicago, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so my mother worked at that store. And we would go visit her once in a while over there. And I never understood, so you want me to come and shop at your store, but I don't get a cart? So I have to carry all this crap with me the entire time at your store? They wouldn't do carts. No, because you had to take an elevator from one floor to the next or walk the staircase. And they didn't want carts on the elevator, obviously. Yeah. But then when they went into malls, they still didn't do carts, Hmm. which I didn't understand that either. Yeah, that is wild. You got to haul all that crap around every every place you go. Do That'd they be a have pain in the ass? Do they have carts in those? Uh, I mean, they don't have carts at like Nordstrom or Dayton. I don't think so. No, I don't think any of them did. But maybe I wonder. After, if, maybe after a while they did. Like TJ sure. Maxx, you can I think have a cart in Marshalls. So I think it's really weird. Maybe they'd want to seem upscale, and that's why they don't have a cart. Mm. Yeah, but I don't want to carry that crap around me everywhere I move in your store. Get your head out of your ass. Oh. Diane's got a good one. Okay. Unthaw. Oh, unthaw, yes. Sure. Instead of thaw, they say mm-hmm. unthaw. Uh, that's absolute. That's a, I think that's a Minnesota thing, isn't it, pretty much? Could yeah. be, yeah. Um, and then I like I like this term, and I found out when I was in the military, it was very much so a Minnesota thing. Well, I'm, I'm really overtired. Overtired? Yeah, they it don't. Just tired or overtired? Yeah, like, and they go, what do you mean overtired? Like you're, you're sick of being you're tired? And I go, no, like I'm so tired, I'm <laughs> overtired. And they go, oh, uh, that's not a thing that's said. Uh, if you say it, you'll go. You'll have people turn their heads and go, what? I've gotten overtired. I'm so overtired. I like that. That works for me. Yeah. Well, that's going to do for another show. Moved along very smoothly. But I wanted to thank everybody again last night out there at Greenhaven and Anoka. I had such a beautiful night. You were so kind to us. Lots and lots of listeners, although a bunch of them promised to call in, and they didn't. We got, a, pills. We got some messages here and there. No, I wanted them to call in so I could go, I have never liked you. <laughs> you can say it to their faces, maybe yes. next time. We will have them no. in. They were so incredibly nice last night, so That's thank you to everybody. Awesome. Thanks for doing that, Tom. I bet that was awesome. It was. It was a great time. It was just And like I said, all a lot of people, instead of going, hey, are you still on the radio? They went, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast every day. Dang. So it was very, very nice. Get the up. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk after that. Wow. Say that again and we'll just hang out. It's my birthday. I can say whatever I want. It's my birthday. I love you. Bye. Bye.